Welcome back to the drawing board. <sighs> We're here for a good time, not a long time. And this episode marks number four, episode number four, the end of the four-part series. And if you'd want to hear more, just let me know and I'll continue the series. So let's jump right back into it. I'm your host, David Williams, and welcome back. So... In the previous episode, I was commenting or, or, or talking about how social, ethical, and political issues um, issues in Caribbean in the Caribbean helped to develop the Caribbean philosophy, and as such, these these are themes on the Caribbean philosophy, or they could be issues on the Caribbean philosophy, whichever way you want to look at it, right? In my opinion, so these social, polit- um, political, and ethical issues fast-tracked the development of Caribbean philosophy on an individualistic and communal level, as I've said before. Right? In the previous podcast, I also went about, the, went about talking about the structure the social structure of the Caribbean and talking about how the social structure led to conflict among the members of society because of different ideologies held by these members of society. And it is from these social structures that political ideals were, were, were formed equality you know some people want to be equal and some want to be more more than others and some you know so the mulattoes wanted to be recognized by the whites and the blacks they just wanted their freedom they just wanted to be free from slavery and i really recognize that i have not touched on some modern day social, ethical, and political issues, but that's for another segment, right? That's for another segment, and I will because Caribbean philosophy is ever evolving, and that's the that's the unique thing about it. It's 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 new, it's the most fascinating philosophical tradition, and it's ever evolving because it, it has not fully developed as yet, right? And as such, we'll talk about that in in some other episodes. For now, we will get back on track. So, to conflict, <laughs> remember I, I spoke about Marx in, in a previous episode and how his, his conflict theory was integral to any society. Well, here we go again. The conflict that was happening in the Caribbean sparked development. Development at development. So, everyone around that time around that time but in that time period were fighting for something each and every one of them were fighting for something and that that made them identify with each other that made that made political parties being formed informal political parties where it it, it, it would be you and I have the same ideals 
right? You and I think alike. There must be others out there who think just like this. And that, that formulated that, or that developed some thinking, some organized thinking. And organized thinking is what puts any philosophical tradition on, on the path to becoming a philosophical tradition. Right? Organized thinking. Not thinking alike. Not thinking the same thing. No. But having a method to your thinking. Having individuals who also question things that you question. Or even question things that you don't question. <laughs> right? So why is this important? How, how, how are these? How, how is the social, ethical, political issues... And how, is, how, how do they relate to, to the epistemology of, of the Caribbean or the Caribbean philosophy? And it was through these, these conflicts that an identity was born. An identity to, to, to the, the Afrocentric ideals of, 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 of freedom, of... of well, it, 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 got, it, it took a lot to get us there because at first Europeans were, in a sense, brainwashing us. I mean, if you're born in a period of slavery and all you are hearing is the whites are superior, the whites are superior, regardless of how much you might question it, at first you will believe it, right? And I would assume that many of them believed that because that, to this day, in modern Caribbean, is sometimes the discourse among individuals where not necessarily the conversation of whites are important or whites are the superior. However, a person of my color, a black man as myself, not a man of mixed race or anything, but a black man as myself may not be worthy of some things because I do not have that skin color and this is hurtful not hurtful to me but hurtful as a people that we have been marginalized colonized enslaved and taught to hate ourselves and this this thinking of always doubting ourselves has led us to question our own philosophy or own development of our philosophy because you have you have you have the man himself who wrote the book on Caribbean philosophy, Paget Henry, um, saying that philosophy Caribbean philosophy does exist, however, it exists in non-philosophic discourse such as history, literature, um, art and music. However, however I do not believe this is this is where I disagree with Paget Henry here that these these things that he classifies as non-philosophic discourse are indeed philosophic discourses or, or discourse or philosophic traditions because this is what gets the people thinking literature art music and or history this is what gets 
the Caribbean people engaged. This is what gets them questioning things. This is what evokes an emotion for them. And as I said before, I think that an idea, your idea, if you have an idea, if you have a thought, if you have an identity, that's your philosophy. That's your philosophy. And for us to, to get, to, and for these things to evoke emotion from us, to evoke thought, to evoke thinking, it means that these things are our philosophy. These non-philosophical discourse, as, as, as Henry puts it, I believe these are what define the Caribbean philosophy. And remember I said the Caribbean philosophy is very unique and the Caribbean as a region is very unique. And to compare the Caribbean philosophy to other philosophical traditions is, is disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Right? Because we have taken influences from all these other philosophical traditions and integrated it into our own. So to, to, to then compare us to them when we've sort of made our own identity through years of struggle, hardship, and, and, and bloodshed, you know, we rose from the ashes. And to compare our unique perspective against their narrow-minded um, vision, quite disrespectful. Um, I got carried away for a minute there. Um, that's the end of our segment, unfortunately, and I truly hope I I provoked some some thought, you know, gave some insight into Caribbean philosophy. Look at, I know I touched on a few themes and issues in Caribbean philosophy. However, I hope that whoever is listening, questions or further questions, um, question these themes and issues or or even provide other themes and issues that they might have identified in Caribbean philosophy, you know? And we could question them together. <laughs> so I want to, to leave you guys with the same quote I not quote but the same um thing I said in the beginning about about Dr. Lewis Gordon that although philosophy can be Confusing, um, difficult, it is profoundly beautiful, you know, and Caribbean philosophy is the embodiment of that statement, profoundly beautiful. Thank you, and walk good. <laughs>